0: Welcome to the City Rev Life podcast. Uh, my name is Josh, and I'm here with the one and only Pastor Roby Barnes. Sorry, Doctor Pastor Roby Barnes. Wow, that and was we're going to be lot. continuing our fall series. It's fall actually Reverend Love, Reverend Doctor. Sorry, Reverend Doctor. But we could just go Roby, Roby Barnes. We can just go. You right. know what? Actually, we probably should start off with the question that everyone's asking oh, no. as we continue through our fall and I love series no one is
1: asking this. what
0: is your middle name my middle name is grable no it's not
1: yes robert no, grable barnes the no, third you're g- joking no grable it's the grable grable with a g grable with a g grable with a g grable with a g wow. it is my right. great grandmother's uh maiden name and so it's passed down to me i'm the third that has the privilege of having grable
0: as a middle name wow um that's special yeah that really is special great well that's not what i expected yeah no so we'll call you reverend dr rg barnes rg barnes you can go with that or just Roby's probably preferable (laughs) and then the second question that probably everyone's asking right now after your middle name is why purity
1: why purity so that is what we are talking about in this series we are in the Fall in, love fall in love series um i found that out during the last podcast by the way <laughs> it's um, a brilliant name it is well done uh, so this this fall all about relationships and um about whether it's uh dating whether it's um marriage getting ready for marriage for those of you who are newly married long time married uh single single again and so uh, we're talking through a lot of these issues. And one mm-hmm. of the things we're talking about today is the issue of purity and sexual purity. In particular, it's not a huge surprise. Culturally, most people know mm-hmm. what the Bible says about um, sexuality. In particular, the Bible uh, talks about abstaining from sex before marriage. And that's not a huge surprise. Mostly in our culture, that um, people are aware that that's what the Bible says there's varying opinions as to whether that is archaic, whether that's healthy, whether that's good or not. Um, of course, our kind of our premise is if the Bible says it, it was God's idea. This is the word of God. And so our default mode is if God has said it, he's the one who invented it. Then of course, we're, we're going to follow what he says. Mm -hmm. Um, even whether we understand it or not. However, a lot of times I think we just stop right there and say, God said, it, I'm going to do it. But there's more that that the scripture says. In fact, the scripture talks about um, why. And I think that's the question that a lot of people yeah. don't ask. Yep. They don't ask, OK, why is this God's plan for sexuality? Why is it? Why does God see it as healthier for individuals mm-hmm. to abstain from sex until they're in the covenant of marriage, why? And and I think knowing the answer to why is a game changer yeah. for the pursuit of purity. And so that's really what we're we're taking a look knowing at. Knowing the
0: answer to why really is the for at least for me, and I think for most people, ends up being the driving force yeah. behind wanting to be pure. Yes, right. It's like when when your parents tell you to clean your room. Yes, you might struggle with that cleaning your room idea. You don't want to get grounded right? If you don't clean your room, but if you understand the why behind it, they're trying to instill good habits in our lives as we grow older, some discipline, all those things. As you get older, you start to appreciate it more.
1: Yes. Uh, Knowing the why, um, you know, while I, I, to your point, I don't know any teenager or child who loves cleaning their room. It's true. But when they get older and they understand the why, when you understand the why to anything, it, it's a game changer. Yeah. Um, and I think about, uh, I wanna start with this. I was, I was with um, uh, Rebecca, we were on a, a date down in Wynwood and we were walking, we went to dinner and then we were walking around these, uh, these art um, spaces and uh, little museums and there's this place that had a piano and it had a funny sign on it. It says, um, it was a grand piano. It was all you know, decorated, but you could play it. And so the sign just said, please only play it if you actually know how to play. So <laughs> Rebecca, who does know how to play, she's a very good pianist. She sits down and she starts playing and people are still going around. But when she was done, like... You know, everyone claps and you oh, know, that's good. I was, I was
0: I was afraid that someone was going to come up and say only if you know how to play. Oh, please. no, no.
1: Anyone who heard her play, <laughs> they would know she she can. I've heard she can she's dazzle. great. She's yeah. good. So at the end, everyone claps and, you know, I was she was a little embarrassed, but I was really proud of her. And and I was just thinking about that as we walked out of that space, like, man, like I look at the piano keys and I did a couple lessons when I was a kid and promptly was told not to do it anymore because <laughs> um, I was wait by who? the teacher the teacher was like please <laughs> no longer you're, you're they said that's, to my parents your son this is not for your son it was not um but i think we we're all on the same page anyway i stopped playing piano and but i look and i see like look at what would it be like to just be able to sit down and play piano? You can play piano, I can, yes.
0: I've played from an early age.
1: Yeah, so you would be able to go and you'd sit down and play the piano. You'd have this incredible freedom of Mm. sitting down and playing on the keys. Mm. So like when you see a a piano, Josh, what would be the song that, what would be the piece that you would sit down
0: and play? Oh man, Uh, probably a piece by John Schmidt. John Schmidt, he's a pianist. And now it'd be all of me. It's called All yeah. Me by John Schmidt or something by Mozart. But yeah. yeah, I immediately think of a specific piece that I would love to just sit down and, and gracefully play.
1: Yeah, and so the rest of us who don't know how to play piano would look at that and be like, man, what would it be like to just have that kind of freedom to be able to play on the piano? Hmm. And I'm sure you, Josh, like um, Rebecca and like that brief period of a few months when I was taking piano lessons, no child enjoys sitting down practicing the piano.
0: Yeah, no, I remember my parents would have to force me for years. Yeah. And playing the piano, And so here, here in lies
1: the, the basic framework of how basically everything in the human experience plays out hmm. to have the freedom to be able to sit down and play whatever you want on the piano. What precedes that without fail is discipline to hmm. have the freedom that somebody wants discipline comes first wow and that's not just in music that's in everything so sports um those who if you want to be able to have the freedom to do whatever you want with the basketball you've got to go practice i love watching my sons into soccer we love watching you know like the pros um like and like little youtube videos of like all of their skills and yeah and, and you watch what they can do with the soccer ball i mean it's like the it's like attached to their body it's like hmm. a part of them and they just have such an unbelievable freedom to do whatever they want they can strike the ball from anywhere on the field they can put it anywhere in the net they can they can bend the ball around a defender they can do whatever they want with it they can flip it up over a a, a defender they they just have such control and as much soccer as i played Mm. i look at that i'm like i don't have the freedom with the soccer ball that they do and I wish I did to get there that is hours and hours and hours of of preparation to get to that place it's discipline always precedes freedom if you want freedom with the soccer ball you have to have the discipline to do that yeah Even with a child, when they're, when they're, if they want to learn to read, you know, I, I try and motivate my kids talking about, man, one day when you learn to read, you can go on all kinds of adventures. There's so many (laughs) wonderful novels that you can read and they'll take you here. And I talk about some of the books that I've read and I see their eyes get, get real big. But when it gets down to like opening a book and practicing reading, it's brutal. Yeah. But to have that freedom to be able to go off on these far away adventures in a book, you have to have the discipline to, in order to have the freedom to do that. And so I want to just really cement that principle that discipline precedes freedom. That is true of the human experience and virtually always recognized, affirmed. When you see, you know, like people in the Olympics, you know, they'll talk about how many, how many hours in the gym there or in on the field that they had worked out, you know, like We have a high value. If you want to have a skill, if you want to have greatness in an area, the the discipline precedes the freedom. We affirm all of that as a culture in every space but sexuality. Wow. Yeah. What we say is... That's so true. If you want freedom to express yourself fully sexually, we don't say discipline precedes that. We say freedom precedes that. Yeah. Freedom precedes freedom. Yes. And here's why this is so important. Because what Christ said, it is for freedom that he has set us free. Mm. He wants us to to be free. And so he is one that works freedom in humanity. And so let's pause for a second and look at and think about what he has called us to do when it comes Mm. to sexuality through the lenses of someone who wants us to have freedom. So we're going to take a look at um at proverbs 5. Uh, i want to just talk about this passage maybe josh you can read um yeah read the passage for us proverbs 5 verse 15 right? 15 and 16. yeah well okay. just let's just start with um proverbs five, fifteen.
0: 15. Uh, go ahead and read it for us okay drink water from your own cistern flowing water from your own well so here's this
1: idea of what um, the Bible's asking us to do. Um, drink water from your own cistern. In context to this chapter in Proverbs, this is not talking about literal water. This is a metaphor, and it's talking about sexuality. It's talking about um, hmm. it, it's talking about when it comes to sexuality, um, drink of that fountain from your own well, your own cistern. In other words, your spouse is the context here. Um, it's saying the plan the plan for sexuality is that is expressed in the context Mm. of a covenant uh, relationship. Two people have promised to spend their entire lives together and when you drink of that fountain of your sexuality, that is to be expressed in the context of marriage. Just go to that source to express and experience sexuality. Um, The... um, The world challenges this and absolutely. Yeah. The world says that's restrictive. Right. But before we push into the logic that God has, let's talk about just the idea that we would stand before the inventor.
0: Right. And say,
1: no, thank you. Like well we've, we've graduated beyond what
0: you've said. It stands to reason that the very being, being God, the creator would know how we would best operate yes right that he he would know how he created us to function yes that he created sexuality so he would best know how sexuality is expressed
1: yes 100 percent. it's like if i um if i buy a car and i drive off the lot i've got a toyota camry and i get it home brand new car i'm like oh i'm low on i'm low on gas those new
0: camrys are very nice they're nice
1: i think they're nice it's a fine fine automobile um and you get home and you're like okay i'm low on gas what do i do okay you open the manual and it says only use unleaded gasoline
0: well that's they're really inhibiting what you can do
1: at that point (laughs) exactly (laughs) wow how dare you toyota what if i want to put diesel in
0: there you know what if i honestly a toyota might be able to run with diesel for a little bit i don't know (laughs) if you can stop a toyota from running but
1: that's right they're they're (laughs) fine fine vehicles but we look at we'd open the manual we wouldn't think twice of oh okay i don't want to i don't want to put the wrong Hmm. uh the wrong gasoline in the tank because the manufacturer the one who made this engine knows how it runs best. Wow. No one would ever say, how dare you infringe on my rights Toyota. This is my car. I'll put whatever I want in it and I don't like the cost of gas. I don't like the hassle of gas, so hmm. I'm just going to get the garden hose and I'm just going to put water in the gas tank because that's <laughs> what I want to do. It's my car. Let me do what I want. Wow. That's just dumb the inventor of the car of this particular model car is telling you this is how it runs and so having some humility before god and saying you Mm. invented our bodies you invented the concept of sexuality Wow, um having some humility before him to say okay i'm gonna look to you god who invented it i'm gonna look to you as to how to best express it and so um why then so this is what he says sexuality is to be within marriage And he says that a number of places. We're just looking at one place here. But why is that? And go ahead and read uh, verse 16, Josh. This is the the logic behind it.
0: Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets? It's a question.
1: Yeah. So the idea is, he says, um, should you scatter your waters abroad? Okay. here's the here's the metaphor. He's saying you want to channel all of the uh, of the of your sexual focus on your spouse. Or or save it to uh, for your future spouse. Hmm. The idea is scattering waters abroad. I want you to think about um if you plant some flowers in your front yard you have a little flower bed you have some flowers and you need to go out there and you need to water the flowers and you have a, a garden hose and you're standing in on one end and you're watering the the flowers here if you want to get the water farther on the other side of the flower bed mm-hmm. there's one simple technique that we probably oh, all do i know
0: exactly what this
1: is yeah you put your finger on yeah, you, hose, oh, oh, yeah, right.
0: You, so you, you, that way you get a, a tighter stream. Yes,
1: exactly. You you cover the opening to make the water more focused. If you have one of those nozzles and you um and you want that flow to be even more powerful, you're going to put it on. You're going to turn the nozzle until it's a more focused uh, like beam, essentially. And so. Yeah. Like it goes, it goes farther that way. Here's the, the, Solomon is using the same logic for our sexuality. He's saying, look, wow. if you want um, a stronger, if you, if you want a more powerful experience, if you want to express your own, your sexuality in its best, fullest, you narrow the focus on one person on your spouse. And so here's the idea. What's the logic of, and, and there's so many reasons as to why he wants to limit um, within the the promise of a covenant relationship, why that's actually not limiting, that will lead to us being free to more deeply express our sexuality with a spouse. Hmm. But that's also the logic behind why he wants us to wait and to abstain from sexual, from sexual expression until we're married. Because mm-hmm. we're preparing for that day to focus all on our spouse. And even in a dating relationship, you know, I'll have, uh, as a pastor, I'm sure you get this as well, Josh, as a pastor, um, s- couples that are seriously dating or even engaged, they'll be like, look, we know we're gonna get married. Why should we still abstain from sexuality? Yeah. And I would say that is, as important as it always is, it's just as important, if not more important, in those final weeks and months of a dating or engagement leading up to the marriage, yeah. because you're preparing for when you're married. It's not It's not like, oh, the fight for purity, game over, I got married. Mm. No, that's when it's game on. And I, I always think of it like this, um, I don't know if you ever experienced in, uh, in sports, before the season started, uh, two-a-days,
0: oh, practice of 2 days Not personally, thankfully. I have not, I have not experienced that.
1: Yes, two-a-days are uh, leading up. I remember um, whether it was soccer or, or another sport, um, The leading up to the season, before school is back in session, they didn't just have an afternoon practice. They'd have a morning practice and an afternoon practice. That's rough. Yes. That's rough. And a, a lot of it was conditioning. We'd run hard, lots of sprints. And the reason for it was the coach wanted us to be ready for when the season started. Hmm. And so he would give us a pep talk as to why. Why is it so brutal on the, on the weeks, hmm. uh, on, on those two days, those week or two leading up to the season? Why is it so brutal? And he would tell us the why. And he'd say, look, to the football team, look, there's going to be a day when it's the fourth quarter. And we need a touchdown and you <laughs> wide receivers, you're going to be gassed. You've been running routes the entire game, but you, you get called to go deep and you're still going to need to have the energy to go long and outrun the cornerback and the quarterback is still going to need to have the energy to launch the ball down the field. And the offensive line is still going to need to have the energy to, to hold the blocks against the defensive line. Like we want to <laughs> have more in the tank in that fourth quarter. wow! You know, he he would tell us the soccer team, like, hey, because at the very end, the final minutes of the game, you know, we might be down by one point and we need that that goal to equalize the game and we need to outrun, someone sends the ball, you need to outrun the defense. They would cast vision as to why it's preparing for something. Why is uh, abstaining from sexuality before we're married? Why is that so important? Because we wanna spend the rest of our lives Mm. experiencing and enjoying the the depth that a sexual relationship can have between two people who have committed and covenanted to spend their lives together and what that's going to require is that's going to require the discipline to shut down all of the other temptations shut down all of the other distractions to shut down all of the other people trying to draw uh, attention and focus on one person and if we can do it leading up to marriage it's like two-a-days in preparation for marriage
0: because it doesn't just stop once you enter into marriage that's right all the all the noise all the temptation all the sexual temptation that exists in our world is still going to be there once you get married yes but you're doing two-a-days now in that time of singleness preparing yourself for that time of marriage yes which by the way is going to for most people going to be the most part of your life the largest piece of your life right I feel like, you know, being the, the pastor over young adults, they feel like it's been an eternity that they've been single, yes. you know, but if they get married at, let's say, late, quote unquote, at 25 years old, yeah. you know, God willing, you've got 60 years with this person. Sure. And so how they choose to do these two-a-days over the, that 10 years, you know, the, the high yes. middle school, high school, college, post-college age range really sets them up for... God willing, yeah. a 50 plus year marriage.
1: Yes. And the idea, I mean, God invented it. He wants it to thrive in our lives. He wants our wow. the sexual side of our lives to thrive. And so the purpose of this episode is just to talk about the logic behind it. He wants us to yeah. basically build those muscles of discipline um, so that we can put all of that focus mm. and attention on on the one person that he has
0: prepared for us. That's so good. Thank you, Pastor Roby. That's part one of our purity episode. I'm looking forward to part two already. Awesome. All right, we'll see you next time. Thank you for
1: joining us on City Rev Life. You can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review wherever you're listening to this. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. For more videos and content, go ahead and check us out at cityrev.org slash podcast or download our City Rev Church app. Have a great day.